Welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, a bi-weekly look at all things related to the growing elite clubs nationally, the ECNL. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. Now, here's your host for Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, former U.S. soccer press officer and longtime soccer broadcaster, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky, and this is who is on this week's episode. This is Ralph Richards, the ECNL Girls Commissioner. This is Matt Colvin, ECNL Director of Solar Soccer Club. This is Jared Spires, CEO of Real Colorado Soccer. This is Stuart Hilton, Technical Director with Sting Soccer Club. This is Pat O'Toole, Texas Conference Board Representative and the Executive Director of Challenge Soccer Club. Join us on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, to learn more about the ECNL Texas Conference Cup and the exciting event that it was. Join Pat, Ralph, Stuart, Matt, and Jared on this week's show as we break down this past weekend's ECNL Texas Cup Final Four, where a total of 20 ECNL teams and 20 ECNL Regional League teams from U13 to U17 came together at the Dallas Texans Soccer Complex to compete for qualification to the playoffs this summer. It all starts after this message from the ECNL. As the game continues to evolve in the United States, the ECNL remains the standard of excellence in youth soccer. The Elite Clubs National League has grown to include over 200 clubs and nearly 50,000 players across the country. With a robust competition platform for teams, educational resources for coaches and clubs, and unparalleled identification and development opportunities for players. Alongside its member clubs, collaborating to create a better future, the ECNL continues to raise the game every day. The ECNL is more than a league. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Once again, here's Dean. I am Dean Linky. This is Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, and we have a fantastic show for you today with our focus on the fact that this past weekend was the ECNL Texas Cup Final Four, where a total of 20 ECNL teams and 20 ECNL Regional League teams from U13 to U17 came together at the Dallas Texans Soccer Complex to compete for qualification to the playoffs this summer. It started with round-robin group play that was regionalized. We'll get into that. We'll break that down with our fine panel with the top performing teams qualifying for the final four. And here to talk about it today, we've got Pat O'Toole, the Texas conference board representative and executive director for the challenge soccer club. Welcome, Pat. Thanks, Dean. Looking forward to the conversation. Appreciate it, sir. Stuart <clears throat> Hilton, who's the technical director for the entire sting soccer club. Welcome, Stuart. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you, sir. Matt Colvin, the ECNL director of the solar soccer club. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for having us. And then great to have representation from Colorado as well as Jared Spires, the CEO from Real Colorado Soccer Club is here. Welcome, Jared. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. And always pleased to have the table set by Ralph Richards, who is the ECNL Girls Commissioner. And Ralph, obviously coming off a big weekend. This is timely as three days after the weekend, we have Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. And we're here to talk about the ECNL Texas Cup Final Four. Ralph, I'll let you kick things off. Absolutely, Dave. Thanks for, one, having myself, but also the uh, the panel of guys in, in the room here today. We're going to really dive into kind of the makeup of one, how the ECNL Texas Cup was kind of evolved to this past weekend with the Final Four and what the potential future is for the upcoming conferences or regional leagues around the country. But we'll kick it off with just the 
actual final four weekend. So this past weekend, we had 20 of the ECNL clubs, teams qualify in the five age groups, U13 through U17 age groups. And we also had the same kind of on the ECNL regional league side. So that was 40 teams in total from U13 through U17 came to Dallas. We all met there. We felt like that was the central location. Jared may have some other thoughts to that with the Colorado teams all coming down, but it made sense for a lot of the Texas conference to compete there in Dallas. The good news as well, an awesome Hassan and Kumaz down at the Dallas Texans were willing to provide us their location, which was a fantastic facility. The weather was great. The fields were unbelievable. There was tons and tons of parents and siblings and everyone there in cheering on and wanting the excitement. So it was a great, great facility for the event. It's starting off, just like you said, with a round robin concept and format, which we'll dive into how that was constructed with the other guys. And then the winners of those groups came in to Dallas and competed, competed for the the chance to qualify and book their place in the postseason. So we now have 10 teams, five ECNL that are already secured, locked in for the playoffs. And same at the regional league level as well. Five teams have already booked their place for the playoffs for the South Championship. All right, Ralph. So let's go to Pat O'Toole and Stuart Hilton to truly tell us how this ECNL Texas Cup came about. And we'll start with Mr. O'Toole and then Stuart, if you could dive in as well. Previously, we were a conference of 12 clubs. And with adding the four Colorado clubs, the question was how many games we're going to play. And would we play a single table? Would we play some sort of an unbalanced schedule? And in working through all the dynamics of that, I think Stuart suggested that we maybe run a cup through the course of that conversation with all the clubs, the clubs bought into it. And I think it's turned out to be a great idea. You know, the ECNL has been, and, and our conference has actually been a real innovator in some of this stuff. We started the first regional league and now we've started the first cup competition and hopefully like the regional league, it'll expand around the country for those conferences that make sense. And Ralph was great with coming up with the idea of having the winner go on to play and, and qualify for the Champions League at the ECNL level and then for the regional league competition in the summer, the playoffs. So I think it was a great idea by Stuart. It took some work on the scheduling part, but I think it's gone absolutely phenomenally. That was the voice of Pat O'Toole, Stuart Hilton. If you could add on about how this all came about, that would be great. Yeah, I think to expand on Pat's point, when the conference expanded from, from 12 to 16 teams, particularly in the NL space, in looking at it through the lens of a technical director, you know, you'd always play a development focused, right? And you're trying to trying to find the right balance of games to training. And you consider another aspect such as geography, high school seasons, climate, players graduating early, if obviously not applicable here in, in terms of the U19s. But, you know, you're looking at all of these factors of, you know, how many play dates do you actually have to cater to the player development and, and the competition? And then it's just a, a, a sort of a, a process of, of then through elimination really of saying okay well we know that if there's the 16 clubs involved and you go on a regular home and away schedule I mean 30 games is just too many games you know there's just no way within the competition calendar we can get that number of games in and go into a single table the next stage of consideration really is a single table or a split table and then you get into competition integrity right in terms of the strength of schedule on one side versus the other side and so on and so forth and so all of these points of discussion were kind of um, gone through as a conference and, and we really, you know, landed on on the point of a single table. And then 
looking at it, okay, well, now we're down to 15 games. That's probably on the low end, you know, as opposed to 30 being on the high end. So what's the sweet spot here and how can we get there? You know, and I think those additional games were found through through the cup play. But it was important to everybody involved that those additional games were meaningful. And that was the important piece here is that there's something on the line that the players are, are really uh, going to compete. And I think there's a lot of spin-offs through that, you know, obviously adding in the, um, the postseason qualification, you know, a trophy on the line, all of that adds to the competition element. But then the byproduct also is that the college scouts, youth national team scouts, things of that nature that are on site in, at, at this particular event, they're there because they are meaningful, you know, and they are high-level uh, games. And so both developmentally and the other aspects of, of the competition, it, it really became beneficial all the way around. Stuart and Pat, well said on on kind of how we, like, broke this down and what we wanted to do. I think when you're looking at bringing in the four Colorado clubs, great clubs coming down, there was just no way to, to Stuart's point that we could do a home-and-away schedule. The imbalance and the competition structure that we wanted to put in place had to make sure that we accounted for is everyone playing the same opponents and is it fair and is it equal so that we can get the right teams to qualify to the postseason that's why we kind of landed on a single table but when you talk to the directors in the texas conference and you probably same with any other conference in the country maybe that number is not the right number we need to hit at so it's kind of be how can we be creative to find the right structure that makes sense. And to Pat's point, for something like this to be correct and right, it has to be meaningful. We did something when I was at St. Louis Scott Gallagher five or six years ago, we did a showcase for the 15s through 18 teams. And they all met in St. Louis and it was great. College coaches came, decent competition, no question about it, played the right matchups, but there was nothing on the line. And it was a one-year and done deal because we we need to, to have something to qualify for. So having the extra little piece, the caviar of if you win this, you now book your place to the postseason. That's awesome. If you win this, you get the chance to hold up a trophy. That's a cup competition. That is exciting. And we see it all around the world with different cup competitions that are happening mid-season. So bringing this into the Texas Conference, bringing this into the Texas Regional League, was just something we felt that was very important. And and these guys, look, credit to them all. They collaborated, they worked together. And and quite frankly, I thought they all knocked it out of the park. They really did a great job with it. Brilliant, Ralph. And because you pointed out that Jared Spires brought teams down from Colorado, I'm going to go to Jared and then Matt. I want to get your takeaway. But, you know, Jared, coming off of the ECNL Texas Cup Final Four and then hearing the opening comments on this week's podcast, what was your takeaway from the weekend? It was better than anticipated. And I anticipated it being really good, but there was no way to expect the kind of intensity and the excitement of it. It doesn't seem like we get to experience those good old days of you were at a small park and there was just massive cheering going on for every single goal and your heads were spinning constantly to see what was going on. And when you had such high level games, there were surprises everywhere. There was early goals from the perceived underdogs. It just made it unbelievably exciting, and you found yourself as much a fan of it as you were a coach and a participant for much of it. That was Jared Spires, the CEO of Real Colorado Soccer Club, and obviously making a difference in the ECNL Texas Cup Final Four would be Matt Colvin, the ECNL Director of the Solar Soccer Club. Again, just take away from the weekend, if you could, Matt. 
Well, the first thing that we noticed was it was very similar to almost a playoff, ECNL playoff slash finals environment, piggybacking on what Jared said, the intensity of the games, things were uh, ramped up quite a bit. And, you know, for our, our players in our club in North Texas, it seems when they're at the younger ages, they're always playing for something every weekend, holding a trophy up and to wait, you know, many, many months to get to that point adding this piece in to this league is something really special and it went off great and uh, we really appreciate what ECNL and Ralph did for for the kids this weekend. Ralph you hit on it a little bit in your open but I kind of want to throw these three points out here get your comment and then let anybody that wants to dive in and add on to it and that is when you're doing these things you have to have that concern with an unbalanced schedule you've got to take a look at the single table versus the unbalanced schedule and needing more meaningful games that that count for something. Did you feel like you were able to handle all of those key issues, Ralph? I don't think anyone can handle the Texas conference directors that easily. So no, I would not say that I handled that well, but no, on a serious note, these guys, it was a good three to four weeks of different spreadsheets going back and forth between the conference and between directors. That's what this is about. You know, our league isn't Christian Lavers, Doug Bracken, myself, Jason Cutney, all making decisions. This is truly our leaders, our club directors, making decisions, making, bringing ideas forth so that, yes, leadership can kind of look to see if this is something that we want to follow through with. The guys in Texas, they felt, and, and I say I said Colorado too and Arkansas, but the Texas conference themselves, they felt strongly about this. They really did because going back to the points that we talked about, we couldn't, there's no way that we could play everyone home and away. We don't have enough weekends to play the games. Even if we did, that travel, that expense for our families would be incredible, you know? So we are, one, we had to manage that piece. So going down to a single table with some potential other games was creating kind of this, I'm not sure if we, we're going to get the right matchups. So adding little groups to qualify out of that wouldn't affect the league standings. And then those winners qualify to a cup weekend, if you will, a final four weekend to then book your place from there. That was something that everyone really said, this makes sense. Now you've got meaningful games. You've got the excitement to Matt's point. You're coming in. It felt like a final eight at nationals in Richmond. It felt like, the San Diego or Seattle, the playoffs or any of our other regional league playoffs that we're at, parents screaming on every goal. And, and to Jared's point, you, you just sat in, in the, sat in the middle of the park, just turning around, just didn't know which goal to look at because there was just a lot of cheering and excitement, which that's what soccer is all about. So when it's, when it's all said and done, you want meaningful games. You want the right competition structure. We want our coaches and our club directors and our, our clubs to have a voice in, in establishing that. And then as a league, our, our job, our role is to try to facilitate it. And I felt like this was something they they wanted to do. And I say they. And then after what I went down there myself because I wanted to see the players. I wanted to see families and I wanted to see the directors. And when I say it was unbelievable, it really, really was well received by all. And I would I would imagine Pat or Stuart, Jared or Matt could probably talk about that as far as their parents responding to them on emails or saying that it was a well put together event. Well done, Ralph. We'll start with Stuart's response. Yeah, I think also just to expand on the, the cost and travel consideration that, that Ralph had paid mention to. I mean, even within the the group play prior to the final four, you know, even that was done 
with geography in mind, you know, and with cost and travel in mind, um, you know, Colorado, again, speaking NL level, Colorado was almost its its own pod, if you like, its own group. And then you had the the Dallas uh, clubs, you know, in, in factored in or the Texas based Oklahoma based clubs factored in. And so again, being mindful of, you know, the, the player and parent experience, you know, in terms of the travel and the cost involved in getting those games, you know, and so it was much more localized in a way that was um was effective for everybody involved and 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 ultimately led to to a positive experience for everyone. Pat? Yeah, you know, I think it's one of the things with the development of players is is you're looking to create different environments. Over the years we've gravitated away from maybe the tournament type, uh, you know, win at all cost environments into more league and showcase play with that kind of tournament play at the end of the year. And maybe we've at times we don't get that balance right. I think this gives kind of another way to strike a balance in the type of competitions that we are providing by putting some kind of win at all cost or win or go home type games that kids sometimes need. And I think that I think it strikes that balance and it creates an opportunity for players to to play in different environments that are going to showcase them that are going to help them develop in you know, a multitude of ways with pressure, without pressure and showcases in front of college coaches and, and other environments. So I think it was a very, very good way to add in games, meaningful games, and create a great competition for the conference and hopefully for many of the conferences in the rest of the country. That's Pat O'Toole. Our final word in this first segment, Jared Spires, the CEO for Real Colorado. This was a unique competition where there was something at stake there was a trophy at stake but it wasn't an end-all be-all so it was uh, an escalation towards the playoffs and i think sometimes we've swum too far to excluding winning from development and that's actually part of it that's an expectation of the players who play in the ecnl they're developing but they're also developing with a purpose and it's fun to get the opportunity to play against other like-minded clubs and compete for something and to stretch yourself out there a little bit and to see your players have to be in a stressed environment. But at the same time, it wasn't like the playoffs where they were done. They have more games they have to prepare for in a few weeks. And so for me and for our club, I thought it was a fantastic event. After it was over, we started scheming about, man, let's bring the 19s and how can we do this differently? And how can we even add to the excitement of it? Because we thought it was spectacular. We're off and rolling here on this week's edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. We're covering the ECNL Texas Cup and specifically the ECNL Texas Cup Final Four, which just took place this past weekend. Ralph Richards, Pat O'Toole, Stuart Hilton, Matt Colvin, Jared Spires, all great guests of our panel. We'll be back with all of them after these messages from our ECNL sponsors. Nike is a proud sponsor of ECNL Girls. Nothing can stop what we can do together to bring positive change to our communities. You can't stop sport because hashtag you can't stop our voices. Follow Nike on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soccer.com is proud to partner with the ECNL to support the continued development of soccer in the U.S. at the highest levels. We've been delivering quality soccer equipment and apparel to players, fans, and coaches since 1984. Living and breathing the beautiful game ourselves, our goal at Soccer.com is to inspire you to play better, cheer louder, and have more fun. 
Visit Soccer.com today to check out our unmatched selection of gear, expert advice, and stories of greatness at every level of the game. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Dean Linky, so pleased to be joined by Ralph Richards, the ECNL Girls Commissioner, driving the conversation on this past weekend's ECNL Texas Cup Final Four, where we're also joined by Pat O'Toole, the Texas Conference Board Rep and Executive Director for the Challenge Soccer Club, Stuart Hilton, the Technical Director for the Sting Soccer Club, Matt Colvin, the ECNL Director of the Solar Soccer Club, and Jared Spires, the CEO of Real Colorado Soccer Club. Ralph, I felt like we covered a lot in that first segment, which is great because that'll open things up here. But I know one of the things that you definitely wanted Pat to talk about, and then I guess the rest of the panel, the experience with regional league teams who qualified and competed this past weekend. Pat? I think one of the things in our conference that we've always tried to include as much as we can is to have the ECNL regional league platform have similar experiences, similar opportunities to the ECNL, and to make sure that that platform provides everything that those those players need and make sure that it's as similar as, as we can make it for the ECNL. So one of the things that was important for the, for the clubs was that if we were going to do this for the ECNL uh, teams and the ECNL clubs, that we were also going to do this for the ECNL Regional League platform. And we did it a little bit differently. We divided into three groups instead of four. There's 15 clubs in our ECNL uh, regional league platform. The Colorado clubs do not exist, but we do have at that platform, but we do have the Arkansas and additional Oklahoma clubs. So what we did was we divided it into um, geographically made considerations for the teams that were there. The North Texas clubs, the Dallas clubs were in one group, Oklahoma and Arkansas, and then the South Texas clubs were in a third. We gave the North Texas, um, there were six clubs there, two of those teams advanced, and then one from the Oklahoma-Arkansas region and one from South Texas. They they had a minimum of three additional games, maximum of five, and they had a, a very similar experience with the Final Four this past weekend. We're expanding our regional league platform across the country in the ECNL, so there's also additional playoff spots to go for, and we were able to give a playoff spot for the ECNL Regional League winner. So I think overall, I think we hit it out of the park as well in that we've created a, another great platform for teams and clubs to compete in that ultimately has ramifications on the playoffs. And I think those clubs, I have two of my own that qualified, unfortunately didn't win, but I think the teams were uh, all looking forward to it, had a great experience certainly were able to test themselves against the very best teams in the conference again and get additional games and again additional opportunities to improve and and again a chance to qualify and go on to the playoffs so i think it was an outstanding event nominal job that's the voice of pat o'toole the texas conference board rep and executive director for the challenge soccer club and make no mistake Stuart hilton the technical director for the sting soccer club you can also speak on behalf of the dallas sting success with both the ecnl and the ecnl regional league yeah so uh you know this weekend say, staying with the the regional league platform i mean our, our royal 09 and 08 pro uh, the, uh teams they they were able to to win win the cup so of course they had a great time you know i mean and, and that that's always a, a fun part of it but in the same breath I think the the journey to get there for all of the groups involved, you know, and 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 the journey um, in terms of competing in in the the group play and and so on and so forth was 
was positive on, on many fronts, you know, in particular to the final four. I mean, when you're in and amongst it at an event like that, alongside, you know, um, NL teams, um, you know, with, with the atmosphere and the, the, uh, the buzz around the place, you know, that in itself is something that's inspired and, 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 um, and developmentally driven. So uh, I think across the board, you know, there's benefits for, for all involved and, and particularly where the RL is concerned. I mean, that th- those are just some of the spinoffs that, that evolved through the makeup of this on the NL side for, for, um, for black in particular. I mean, we had the 11, uh, 2011, uh, group that, that was, um, a, a close runner up there lost on, on penalties in the end. They hadn't always, you know, dramatic, uh, fun experiences for, for, for everyone involved. Not so fun if you're on the wrong side of it, obviously a tough, tough way to lose. But, um, again, these are things that, that our players don't get a, an awful lot of exposure to, you know, going back to the points about, an emphasis more so on, on league competition and structure in that, um, in that type of format. Uh, we've gotten away from that, you know, in terms of just everything's on the line, you know, how do you handle that type of situation? And, and we see that at the collegiate level. We see that, you know, at the international level and so on and so forth. And if we're aspiring to, to develop players to play at those sort of levels, then, of course, exposure to that is, um, is extremely important and, and I think very, very beneficial to them. Um, on the flip side, the 08s, ROH actually uh, won on a PK shootout. So that's obviously a beneficial experience for them and an exciting one. And RL Black, um, we actually had a, a winner at the the 2011 age group. So, you know, all the way through, I'm very proud of all the teams that participated. Um, and, and again, all had a, a very positive weekend. What Stuart said about the environment, I think is um, super important that the, the two platforms were together. Um, I think sometimes in... Uh, maybe certain events or, you know, playoffs, those those platforms are split. And I think anytime we can bring those, the RL and the NL platforms together and competing in the same environment, it's something special for everyone. Um, and I think that was a, a really important piece that, that Pat and Stuart put together. You know, for us at Solar, you know, as Stuart was saying, we were fortunate to win in penalties the 2011s and then our 10s played uh, I believe Jared's group, very hard fought game and unbelievable team that Real had or has. And uh, we we lost that one four to two. And then our nines and sevens uh, were able to qualify. And then our eights lost to uh, Sting Black and penalties. So uh, just parent feedback. We know that's an important piece. It's been nothing but positive. All the feedback from both, both the RL and the NL has been phenomenal. And again, I left out the RL 10 team uh, coached by Charles Grotto also made their way into the playoffs as well. No, thanks for that, Matt. That was a great insight and, uh, you know, lots of good information from everyone here. And I echo the value of having the ECNL and the ECNL regional league teams, coaches, directors, families, because, you know, we all know that we have players, we have families that have players in both platforms. So bringing them together, if they happen to be fortunate enough, is probably one of the first uh, environments and events that they can do that within the ECNL. So I think that's something that we like to do to bring them together. I also think as a as a director, when you're working with your ECNL coaches and your ECNL regional coaches, now they can kind of sit on the benches together a little bit more through a weekend where you can kind of see how each other coaches. So now coaching directors can kind of learn from one another and educate, and you can learn through each other about players. And at the same time, now an ECNL coach might be watching a regional league team where he or she has never had enough time to do so and sees a player that 
inside their own club that maybe now gives them an opportunity later on in the season says, Hey, this player did, you know, Sally here, she did really, really well. And I'd, I'd like to give her a chance to come and, you know, train with the ECNL team. So I think there's a lot of benefits to having a weekend or an event, uh, never mind the cup, never mind qualifying, but where ECNL and ECNL regionally come together. So yeah, great, great points by everyone here with regards to that. Now, I do want to bring in Jared Spires, the CEO from Real Colorado Soccer Club. You just heard, as Ralph told you, from Matt Colvin, the ECDL director of the Solar Soccer Club. And I want to talk about the fact that both of your clubs at Solar and Real Colorado had all five age groups represented at the ECNL level in the ECNL Texas Cup. It's an incredible opportunity to compete just to go there. And I got to say for Solar to do it, it's a completely different accomplishment than Real doing it, considering just the amazing level of competition in Texas. Um, I mean, day two of this competition was still every Solar team versus a different team. Um, and so hats off to uh, Matt and just the, the way his group did. But, you know, for us, it, it, it we travel as a club everywhere. It gives us an opportunity to uh, do it one more time. Um, the familiarity we get with each other, uh, each other's players, I think is really important um, because it oftentimes seems, especially as the ECNL has grown, that those days of sending your youngers with your olders to a showcase don't happen quite as often. And so for us to be able to play at this type of competition where the stakes were high and have all our teams there was just amazing for our youngers um, to get to model uh, how our olders did it. it. It's always interesting by the time you in something like this, the young kids are wearing their socks like the older kids. And um, that doesn't happen until they start seeing uh, the difference in the high level of competition. And it was kind of fun uh, hearing our brand new U11s talk uh, about, okay, next year we got to be better, you know, because they got taught some hard lessons that you don't find out until you come to a competition like this. It was amazing for us as an entire club to get to participate. Yeah, Jared, thanks for uh, thanks for your thoughts on the the real Colorado teams. I mean, fantastic accomplishment, no question about it. Getting all five age groups down there, but we want to turn this over to to Matt and talk about uh, the solar achievements. You had five of your ECNL teams qualify as well, uh, which is great, and also had a successful weekend with one of the regional league teams. So uh, give us a, give us, give us a little bit of information. I got to watch some of the teams. They look good by the way. So keep Thank up you, the good work. Thank you. So when this all came about, we definitely met as the ECNL and RL staff and, in, in, in our preparation, if you will, our periodization, you know, it was definitely geared towards this past weekend. We wanted to make sure that um, this was one of our, our first targets that we wanted to try to, to hit. And so we were super proud of all of all of our groups that made it, um, you know, our five age groups plus the RL 10 group, um, you know, obviously going into this tournament, uh, we knew that you're going to face a lot of good teams, well-coached teams. Um, and we were super proud of how our groups competed, um, you know, and the next, the next target is, you know, hitting the, the rest of this season and then going into the spring. And I think the interesting thing is we've already talked about as a staff, how, our teams that were fortunate enough to make it through uh, and already have a playoff spot, how, how that will change their training going forward compared to the teams that still are going to be fighting for a spot 
uh, through the remainder of the year, how, you know, what the focus needs to be on in training. So, um, but again, we always welcome, uh, you know, that, that competition. And we were just super excited to, to be able to face some amazing teams. And we were fortunate to get uh, a few teams through. All of this kind of leads toward the general thought of the benefit of having a mid-season cup competition with direct pathway to the postseason. Stuart or Pat, uh, can you add on about that? I think it gives everybody a target um, and something to aim to and, and, and to focus on. You know, when you're 10 months away, when we get started from playoffs, and yes, you're approaching each game, you know, one at a time, as, as we all say, and and you're trying to focus on on uh, each game each week or, you know, I think it gives you something else to target. It gives players something else to be excited about. It gives them something that they can go win and, and, and hopefully move on. And for those teams that maybe don't, don't win or don't go through, I think it gives them something um, to learn from. Uh, you know, it's just a different competition, a different format that creates opportunities for development. And, um, and again, I, I think having it, early or mid part of the season gives everybody something where they can, they can schedule their training. They can periodize to make sure that they're prepared for it. And uh, again, I think it, I think it, it really adds an extra dimension to our conference. So at our conferences, you know, we all talk about having real strong conferences, but I don't know that anybody else in this country faces the level of competition that we do in this conference. So for people to get the opportunity to play each other again in, in that kind of playoff environment and have everybody together at one location, those top four teams, it was just an incredible environment. I, I would say that there was not a better level of, of soccer played in the country at the youth level than there was in Dallas this past weekend. And I would argue that even at the U-17 level, we would have exceeded some of the college levels that there were that were and some of the college tournaments that existed this past country. It was a who's who of the best players, the best clubs, and some of the best coaches in the country. So it was a phenomenal experience. Stuart? The cool thing with the cup competition is that, you know, anything can happen, right, over over 90 minutes and uh, or, or over extended time, obviously, as well. But, I mean, I, I think that's something, obviously, you lose in, in league play. I mean, league play is obviously, you know, consistency over the course of, you know, 15 to, to 20 games, depending on kind of how that's mapped out. But, you know, in cup play, it's 90 minutes, right? And you're either in or you're out and creates that opportunity for anyone and everyone, quite frankly. I mean, every team has a shot. And if you have a bad day and someone else steps up, then then off you go, you know? And so it's just, a, it's, it's a different dynamic. And it's something that, again, going back to points made earlier, whether it's the collegiate level with, with conference tournaments, whether it's, um, you know, postseason play, whether it's, international level play you know you're going to get you're going to be put in those types of situations obviously the nwsl semi-finals were just last night i mean and and so you see that at every level and and, and exposing players to that type of environment it just um it's it's with um both the short and long term in mind that's Stuart hilton before we take our final break and in our final break, we're going to talk about the overall impact of the ECNL Texas Cup as we push forward for the rest of the ECNL season. I did want to bring Matt Colvin back in and Matt just say that in general, one of the things that you know I've learned about following the ECNL is when you break out into these cup competitions, they have a positive impact on the players' growth and development. But 
I like the fact that ECNL is unabashed and they're not shy about the fact that they want their players to learn and develop a winning mentality. Can you comment on that, Matt? Yeah, I mentioned this before that in our region in, in North Texas, this is the, the Texas ECNL Texas Cup has been great for our younger groups, especially because those teams, um, they're playing 60 to 80 games a year before they hit ECNL. And it seems like, again, they're playing tournaments every weekend. And I, you can really see a change in, in the players as they hit that U13 year, even into the U14 year, that the development piece becomes the priority. Training three or four days a week um, and playing a game on the weekend, there's some some months where you only play one or two games on a weekend. So that transition from compete, compete, compete to, you know, it's the, the leaning more towards the developmental piece. You know, it's a tough transition, not just for the players, but the parents as well. So, you know, I think this really benefited our younger groups, uh, especially because you could see in training that they wanted more, they wanted more competition as far as, you know, not just one, one, one game on the weekend, they wanted to, to go out and compete for something that really meant a lot. And that, that Texas, the ECL Texas cup, I, f- I think really uh, fulfilled that for them. Dean, I'd just like to uh, add on to what uh, Stuart talked about as well. And, and I think what the cup competition gives you is that opportunity of that Cinderella story. Before I kind of got on the plane, I kind of did some Googling as to see where some of these teams were sitting in the league table. And I know some of them, they've only played maybe not even a third of their conference so they, and their regional league schedule. So there's still plenty of games to be played. But I was looking that there was a number of teams that are sitting right on that threshold of, are we in? Are we on the out? Are we too far down that we're not going to catch back up? And, you know, so as you kind of see and hope, you want to see one of those teams get into the final, which a couple of those those teams did. And uh, especially in the regional league, there's a team, I think they'll finish in good spot because they're a good team, Westside Alliance, the 07 girls teams. But they they might have had some injuries early on in the season that they've had three ties to kick off their, their season. That might hurt them in the long term. Maybe it has, I don't know, but we'll find out as the season goes on. But right now, they just won a cup and they're already in. And that's cool. They're sitting in 11 spot and they've already secured their place to the postseason. So again, there's certain parts of a season where you might lose a few players inside your team um, because they go off to national team camp or they get injured and whatever. And it may be something that can hurt the growth of that group or whatever it is. There's lots of reasons why. Adding in a cup like this in the middle of the season giving some teams that opportunity on a one weekend, that chance, that one-off game where it is 80 minutes, it's 90 minutes, whatever it is, anything can happen. And then you've got the PKs. Add the PKs Mm -hmm. to it. How many times do we want to train players to get better at PKs? And we try and do it in training. We can't do it. And then when we get to the postseason in the summer and everything is on the line at that point, you know, they haven't had that development of feeling the pressure of a PK shootout. I think I, I'm not going to say half the games on the Saturday went to PKs, but I would say a good 33% of the games on Saturday went to PKs and a few of the finals also went to PKs. So it really helps from a developmental standpoint. So yeah, Cinderella story, love that feeling and love a good PK shootout too. As long as I'm not in it, as long as I'm not coaching in it, I do like it. <laughs> okay. We're going to take one more break. It's breaking the line, the ECNL podcast. We're going to get, 
kind of their take, everybody's take on this fine panel and the overall impact of the ECNL Texas Cup on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Stay with us. The ECNL is pleased to announce Quick Goal as the official goal provider and partner for ECNL girls and ECNL boys, a new partnership created to support the growth and development of the country's top players, clubs, and coaches. At all national events, including national playoffs and national finals, the Quick Goal Coaches Corner will provide hospitality and social space for ECNL girls, ECNL boys, and collegiate coaches. Quick Goal will also be the presenting sponsor of the National championship winning ECNL girls and ECNL boys coaches of the year and the ECNL girls and ECNL boys goals of the year. Quick Goal looks forward to helping the ECNL continue to elevate the standards of youth soccer and provide more opportunities to players on and off the field in the coming years. From athletes just starting to turn heads to some of the best athletes to ever play their games, Gatorade shows that they are the proven fuel of the best. For the athletes who give everything, nothing beats Gatorade, the studied, tested, and proven fuel of the ECNL. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. I'm Dean Linky, just glad to be along for the ride with this impressive group talking about the ECNL Texas Cup, particularly the ECNL Texas Cup Final Four, which just took place this past weekend. It's our final segment, and we're going to have the entire group discuss the overall impact of the cup and how it could be essential in other conferences and regional leagues across the country. The ECNL is always searching for ways to create a competitive schedule for their clubs with meaningful games, but not at the expense of excess travel and finances. They always search for the right balance. In some cases, adding a cup competition may be beneficial for all the reasons the coaches and club leaders on this call have said. So with that overall impact time and what I call our Final word time. We'll start with you, Ralph Richards, the ECNL Girls Commissioner. The guys have said quite a lot, and they'll lead into each other as they kind of continue this last segment of what are the benefits and the the overall impact of having an ECNL Texas Cup or having an ECNL Cup in the mid middle of the season or any part of the season to help with the schedule. I think the main reason behind it is directors, clubs, we want meaningful games. That's what we all want. And we want to make sure that we are not doing it at the expense of additional travel and finances for the families. And that's where the creativity of this group came together, collaborated, and we were able to create this wonderful opportunity. And I'm I'm, I'm really blessed that I was able to go down and be a part of it and see the players and see the families have a really good time and see the competitive edge of all the directors and coaches on the sideline. It was really, really unique and a, and a cool experience for me. So I'll let some of the other guys kind of touch on their overall impact and their experiences that they had because they were in it. They were in the trenches with their teams and their families. Well done, Ralph. Setting the table. We'll start with Pat O'Toole. Well, I, I think the Cup is just another great example of the ECNL recognizing and working with coaches to collaborate on a format and of games that would uh, benefit players, coaches, families. And I think it, it, it accomplished that goal. Since, since the inception of the ECNL, since we've been a part of it, I think it's just the collaboration and the people trying to work together to do things that are in the best interest of players. And I think the, the most exciting thing about being a part of it over the years has been being able to work with great clubs within our conference who are, you know, all got very strong opinions about what's in the best interest of players. But at the end of the day, can come together and make a decision 
and move forward and then I'll execute that. And, you know, to see it come together this past weekend was, was really phenomenal. So I, you know, I, I think it's great when we get to all cut, you know, play against each other, compete against each other and those kinds of environments. And, and it was just a, like I said, it was just a great weekend. So thanks to well Ralph said, for making it happen and allowing it to happen. Well said, Pat. Last word, overall impact. Stuart Hilton, technical director for the Sting Soccer Club. Pat obviously touched on some of the major points there. I think as a conference, um, we were faced with a change in the dynamic, right? I mean, the, the conference was realigned in terms of clubs being added. And on the back of being faced with that change in dynamic, you, you go through the same process you go through every year, right? You, you look at it and you say, you know, what is the best balance here? You know, what is the best structure to to accommodate, you know, player development above all else and then all of the other factors we've discussed. And um, what's materialized here is, is a you know, an event and, a, and a, a competition that's catered to all of that and done so in a collaborative fashion. And I think that's something to be extremely proud of because that's, that's what we're in positions to do, right? I mean, we're here to, to, um, to cater to, player needs and and the the members that that we service and and so on and so forth and so as a conference i think uh, you know we can be very proud of that and 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 again i think everybody having the experiences that they've had would would um would echo that it's been a positive thing for them too so um yeah just really proud to have been a part of it thanks Stuart. last word overall impact matt colvin ecnl director solar soccer club yeah, i think Stuart hit it perfectly there seems like the soccer landscape is always changing and you know, there was an obvious need for with adding people or adding clubs in the conference and then people questioning about the home away and only having one one game against one one club. You know, there was a lot of questions about how that was going to look. And then for the ECNL and for Ralph and for Stuart and for Pat to come up with this idea of adding this uh, Texas uh, ECNL Texas Conference Cup in to, to fill that void that they couldn't really, you know, shy away from there was had change had to be made. And I think they just knocked it out of the park, you know, with what we uh, witnessed last weekend. It was, again, I can't say this enough, just for the clubs and the families and the players, it was, you know, just a phenomenal experience. Great job, Matt. And Jared, I saved you for last because you did cross state lines to be a part of this, your overall impact on the ECNL Texas Cup and the Texas Cup Final Four. I think it's really interesting that when you have leadership, and really it starts with Christian, Doug, Ralph, whose history is in our roles that are sitting on this call. They're directors of coaching. They understand kind of what it looks like and to accept that sometimes there has to be change. And when Colorado came in, it's not a great world when suddenly you have to jump on planes to accommodate travel. And the beauty of, I think, what we created and really hats off, I remember Stuart first offered it and I was like, this is actually a really cool idea, is not only does it protect the elite teams because now we're traveling to play against each other, but if you're at the bottom of the table, you don't want to fly out when you know you're just going to get tattooed because you already did in your home games. And so now you're, you're minimizing even the risk for those clubs or those teams that are struggling a little bit while you're not penalizing the elite level teams that are looking for that extra competition. And so for us, it was a win-win coming into Texas was a win. And then the inception of this idea, I can't wait to come back with our club. Um, and I think all the conversations in our locale 
is going to be adding more motivation to the prides, the Atleticos, and the Rapids. We're going to want to experience this because it was it was cool. And so, really want to thank the ECNL and Ralph and you know Pat and like I said, Stuart, when you offered that idea, we were like, "This is awesome." My only question would be, why doesn't anyone in a conference of our size do this? It's a no brainer. I just want to thank everyone for being on this call. I appreciate your your time, Pat. Thank you for coming, Jared, Stuart, and Matt Colvin. You guys have been great in not just this call, but the overall experience of the ECNL Texas Cup. For anyone out there listening, this is something that I think has got unique qualities to it. It's certainly something that we are going to be talking with other conferences around the country to hit Jared's point. And if you are interested in hearing more, join us at the ECNL. That's going to do it for this edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. I want to thank Andrea Wheeler and the great folks at the ECNL. also want to thank my producer, Colin Thrash. And, of course, all of the members. In fact, for each and every one of you and everybody at the ECNL, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you in two weeks for the next edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.vecnl.com. And if you have a suggestion for the show or a great idea for a guest, please email us at info at theecnl.com. Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast is an ECNL production. ECNL, more than a league.